One of the things that you'll encounter while you're at the beach is something called riptides. Anybody here know what a riptide is, a rip current? All right, so if you know what it is, then you don't need the explanation. But if some of you don't know exactly what a rip current is, a rip current is something that happens in the water. Sometimes they occur close to shore. But no matter where a rip current happens, it's going to be bad news if you get caught in it. Because what a rip current is, it's actually a current of water that drags water from the shore back out to the ocean. Okay? So if you Google rip currents, you're going to find out that a lot of them happen in Florida. In fact, a lot of people have died because of a rip current. So when you're out at the beach, it's important to be aware of where you're at and understand that if you get caught in a rip current, there are some things that could happen to you, and you could literally drown if you don't handle that properly. So let me give you an example. What happens is, is the water comes onto shore, okay? And usually, if you ever look at the water, it's flowing in either one direction or the other, and it's flowing back out. And when it gets to us to a break in a sandbar, kind of like imagine this is a break in a sandbar. You got a sandbar here and a sandbar there, and there's a break. That water just found an exit back out to the ocean. So it's going back out to the ocean twice as fast as it's coming on shore. Because it's coming on shore at such a rapid speed that it only has a small narrow body of, or a small narrow pathway to get back. So it's like, it's like a waterfall back out to the ocean. They say if you get caught in a rip current, don't fight it. You'll die of exhaustion. Literally, that's how people have drowned. Because they get caught in a rip current, and the rip current, they try to fight it, 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 that they give up. And the waves take them, and next thing you know, they're drowned, they're dead. And it's a very, very serious thing. A lot of people have died that way. They say the best thing to do when you get caught in a rip current is just let it pull you out. Because once it pulls you out far enough, it's over. Now, who knows how far that may be? It could be 100 yards. It could be a mile. But when it gets you to where it's going, you're safe to swim back on shore. Here's another thing you can do if you get caught in a rip current. Is you, instead of trying to swim against it, swim across. Because if you swim across enough, you may get out of it. It's like a treadmill. You're trying to get off the treadmill, not fight against it. Why, why am I telling you that? Because there, there are rip currents in life that will drag us away. I'm going to tell you right now that there are rip currents in our lives, whether they're physically, emotionally, spiritually, I don't care how you want to define it, there are rip currents in life that will attempt to take you out to sea and leave you there by yourself. There are rip currents in life that will try to get the best of you and want you to fight it on your own. The enemy wants to throw things in your path that he wants you to fight on your own so that you'll die of exhaustion, literally, and give up the fight. And then just give way. So that's what today's message is all about, is looking out and being aware of your surroundings so that you do not get caught in a spiritual rip current in your life. Because guess what, church? They're out there. Lake Bridge, there are rip currents out there that are wanting to take you out to sea and literally drag you away. Let me give you an example of what I mean. You, you may be wondering, like, how, how is it that, um, that this happens? How, how can you literally say that? Well, think of the shoreline as God. I know it sounds kind of funny, but just work with me here. You're, 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 you're swimming through life. And you're in that narrow body of water. You're in safe waters. 
Sometimes they're rough. Sometimes the waves kind of turn you around and, and, and make you hit the bottom. But, but for the most part, you're, you're in good hands because you're close to shore. So if something, something begins to happen to you while you're swimming on that narrow body of water, guess what? If something ta- takes place, you're close enough to shore where you can get to safety. That's kind of what life is like. When you swim through life, when, when something happens, when you're close to God, everything is going to be okay. Because you know that help is right around the corner. So, same thing on the beach. I would tell Giovanni and I would tell Taya and I would tell Hezekiah because he, he wanted to get in the water too. And I would say, you got to stay close to shore. You, you got to remain, you got to stay right here. Because as long as you're here, then if something happens, we can drag you out really quick. Th- think of life like that. You want to swim through life and you want to make sure that you're close to God. Because the second you start to get carried away, you get yourself out of that safety net that God has for you. You, you, you kind of start swimming away from where God could protect you. And whether you believe it or not, it is possible to swim out of God's protection for your life. In fact, a lot of people did that in the Bible. A lot of powerful men swam away from God's protection. And guess what? They got caught in a bad storm. So what I'm telling you is, is as you go through life, you want to stay close to God. He is the shoreline, if you will. You want to remain close to the shoreline. My, my first point, and you can write this down. I'm going to just kind of go through points you know, real uh, fast, and, and I'll, I'll talk about them. But write this down. I want you to write this down. Know before you go. It's going to be on your screen here in a moment. Know before you go. What do I mean by that? When you go out, you want to be aware of what's happening around you. When you go to the beach, I told my kids, I told my dad, I told my sisters, I said, listen, there's something out there called rip currents. You got to look out for them. You got to be aware of where they're at. You don't want to swim close to them. If you see one, get away from it. If you don't see one and you get caught in it, do this. But if you will be aware of your surroundings, I told them, you're going to be fine. Just watch out where you're going. Don't step into puddles of water you don't need to be stepping into. Don't go swimming in places you don't need to swim. Stay where we're at and you're going to be okay. That's what I'm telling you. There, you have got to stay close to the shoreline. Be aware of your surroundings. Here's the problem though. Here's the problem. The problem is sometimes, sometimes we go where we know we shouldn't go. Anybody ever did that before here? Anybody here ever did something that they know they shouldn't have done? Let me give you an example. Sometimes, sometimes we'll go where we know we shouldn't be at. Sometimes we'll call somebody that we know we shouldn't call. Sometimes we'll watch some things that we know we shouldn't be watching. Sometimes we'll listen to some things that we know we shouldn't be listening to. Sometimes we'll allow these rip currents to literally take us away. It's like we're swimming to it. What you don't realize is, is when you go where you shouldn't be going, what you're really doing in reality is you're swimming straight for a spiritual riptide that's going to take you away. Let me tell you what the word says in James chapter 1, 14. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away. By their own evil desire and enticed. James 1.14. What is he saying? He's saying that we sometimes allow our own desires, our own temptations to drag us away. They never came looking for us. 
We went looking for them. How silly is it for you to go out to the beach tomorrow, to New Smyrna Beach, get out in the water and say, hey, there's a riptide. I'm going to see what it's all about. Help, help, help. It's silly. Nobody would really do that. But see, so many times we do that in life. There are things that we have been, that we, we, nobody even has to tell. Listen, I don't have to tell you to stay away from something. You already know yourself better than I do. You already know some of the places you shouldn't walk. Some of the things you shouldn't do. Some of the food you shouldn't eat. You already are well aware of some of the sin that so plagued you before that you ain't got no business getting anywhere near it ever again. And when you do get near it, Here's what happens is you're putting yourself in some turbulent water and all that sin's going to do, as it says in James 1.14, it says it will drag you away. Does anybody here want to be dragged away literally by sin? It's a silly question. Of course, the answer is no. But so oftentimes we thrust ourselves into that. Be aware of where you're going. Second Peter 3.17, it says, dear friends. Since you have been forewarned, be on guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. What is Peter saying here? He's saying, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm warning you right now. Be on guard because there is a current that is full of lawless unrighteousness and it's going to drag you away from your secure position with God. You're on the beach. You're close to God. You're at the shore. Life is good. Be aware of what's going on because if you're not aware, you're going to get taken away. And I think Peter really nailed it on the head when he said that. Why is this important for you and you and you and you and us Why? Because we have been called to a higher standard, people. Church, we have been called to live a life of righteousness, to live a life of holiness. That word sometimes seems so far removed from our vocabulary, but the reality of it is is that that's where we've been called to live. We have to be on guard. Here's what I want to tell you as I wrap up this point. First Peter, the same Peter who wrote the last scripture I read, he said, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like, an, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say that with me, devour. That word to devour, anybody ever really broken down the meaning of that word? There's a difference between eating food and devouring food. Anybody, anybody ever heard that before? You know, when you eat food, you eat food. You do it at a pace. You take your time. When you devour something, it's a lot different. See, pigs devour their food. Lions devour their food. They, they, it's, there's no manners involved. And, and they don't care about anything else. They're in a hurry to just get to that piece of meat and shove their face in it and destroy it. Jesus is saying, there, there's an enemy out there called the devil. You've got to be alert and sober-minded because he's out there looking for you. He's out there searching for you. He wants to devour you. 
He doesn't care about your mom. He doesn't care about your kids. He doesn't care that you're about to graduate from ministry school and be a pastor. He doesn't care that you just got the best attendance record in college and you're about to step into the career of your life. He doesn't care that you just sang a song in a solo and you poured your heart out. He doesn't care about all the little stories in life that moves us. The only thing he cares about is finding you at a weak point where you're being either really, really blind or really, really dumb and you're not watching your back and what he's going to do when he gets you there is he's not going to care about anything else and pouncing on you and devouring you so guess what be alert be sober-minded stay on your feet and know before you go that's a good place for you to clap your hands but we'll wait for the next time around yeah you like that i knew you'd like that here's another element to this whole deal i can't leave this element out because there is that element of, of pride that comes into this. See, sometimes we just don't know any better. And, and yeah, yeah, okay, I, I, I messed up. I, I went somewhere I shouldn't have gone. I know better for the next time. Fine. But then there's those times where we do know better. But we think we're above that. Anybody here ever said, well, yeah, I used to be a, an alcoholic, but... Did you, but 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 I'm better now and 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 you know what and 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 I think I'm tough enough now that I can be around alcohol and it's not going to drag me down. Or or I used to deal with this problem, but but now I'm 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 above that now. Yeah, Jesus may have saved you and he may have rescued you from your sin and forgiven you, but but, but we're not called to then go back and be stupid. Because sometimes we think we can swim in waters that we have no business swimming in. See, some of you aren't Olympic swimmers, but you want to swim with Olympic swimmers. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Paul says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, if you, here's the other version. He says, if you think you stand firm, he says, be careful lest you fall. Take heed lest you fall. What is he saying? There are times where we think we're, we're going to just stand real firm, where we, we think we're strong enough to thrust ourselves into a pool of temptation and come out clean on the other side. Anybody here ever thought they were that strong and then they really messed up? And they felt like, oh my gosh, I really thought I could make it out of that, but I ended up the next morning with the worst headache of my life. I can't believe it. And I have to ask God to forgive me. Oh, I feel too guilty to even pray. I might as well just do it again. And I'll wait till Sunday and then I'll repent at the altar. But no, I don't know. Anybody ever done that before? And you thought to yourself, man, I just thought I could do it. And you said, okay, I learned my lesson. Then the next month you did it again. Here's what we've got to realize, people. Jesus and Paul and all the writers of the New Testament, Jesus wasn't a writer, but you get my idea. They didn't tell us to be aware of our surroundings for nothing. It doesn't matter how strong you think you are. Yes, the Holy Spirit is stronger than us. And yes, but it's that same Holy Spirit who then tells us to watch the steps we take. So don't swim in the waters you shouldn't be swimming, even if you think you've overcome, even if you think you're better than that. Just take Paul's advice. Take heed lest you fall. I want to move to my second point promptly. I want you to write this down too. I want you to write this down. Seriously, write this down. Take out a pen, take out a paper in your sermon notes. Write this down. Things could get ugly. 
things could get ugly. It's on the screen. Why do I even bring that up as a point? Why do I even say that to you? Because the reality of it is, is when you get caught in a riptide, whether it's at the beach or in life, like I'm talking about, things could get ugly. Here's the reality of it. A lot of people have died as a result of a riptide. And I don't use this this example as a joke. It's It's a real serious thing for me to literally use a riptide as an example because the reality of it is, is that there have been a lot of people who have died and the families who have to deal with this wouldn't take it really well if somebody joked around about how one of their loved ones died. So I don't take this lightly. The reason I use this as an example is because that there is a strong message in this that can really, really enrich your life, that could really help guide you in the right direction. So when I tell you this, it's serious. The unfortunate result for a lot of people because of a riptide at the beach has been death, and the unfortunate result for a lot of people because of a spiritual riptide in life has also been death. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Everybody say that with me. Death. Death. That's where sin leads. That's where it goes. That, you want to know what's at the end of the road called sin? Death. What's the wage that sin pays for life? Death. Oh, but everything's good right now, Pastor. Yeah, I'm in sin, but I'm also rolling in the dough. I'm in sin, but at least I have fun with my girl. I'm in sin, but at least I'm not boring. Sin is pleasurable, but for a season. At the end of that season is death. That's the result. You get carried away by a spiritual riptide known as sin. The result will be death. Death. I want you to get that into your head. Because you may think, well, yeah, there's death at the end of my life. And before the end of my life, I'll, 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 I'll just say the sinner's prayer and everything's okay. Death began far before that when sin entered into your heart. A part of you already began to die when sin plagues your life. You're, you're like a walking corpse if sin rules your life. You, you don't have to wait for the death part. In fact, that's even worse for you if you wait till then because then judgment is next. At least while you're alive, you have an opportunity to repent. Here's why I tell you this. Let me, anybody here ever been in a predicament in their life where they thought to themselves, man, I just don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. Anybody ever been in that predicament before? You know, and it may have happened as a, as a product of something that was completely out of your control. You know, like, um, for example, Friday came and, and you knew that on Friday the rent was due at four. You were already a month late and they were going to shut you down. And you knew that on that Friday your paycheck was coming. You were going to be okay. You had been waiting for this check for three weeks. <clears throat> and when you get there to pick up your check, you knew you had to be there by four o'clock. And when you get there at 345, the building's closed. And they shut down an hour early because it was an emergency evacuation and you couldn't get your check. Now you're in a predicament where you don't have your check and you don't have the money to pay the rent. But see, it wasn't your fault. You didn't know the building was going to shut down. See, sometimes we find ourselves in those predicaments that were out of our control. But then, then we find ourselves in those predicaments where we know that our decisions led us to that. 
Those situations are far more than the other situations. We sometimes will find ourselves in those predicaments where we consider it a crisis, but when we really break it down, we realize, wow, I got myself here. I, I got myself here. And, 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 and in those predicaments, has anybody ever said to themselves, or, or think about it this way, you ever prayed that prayer where you're like, God, God, if you just get me out of this one time, I promise just get me out of this this one time. I promise I'll never, ever, ever, ever do that again. Anybody ever been there? Don't pretend like you have it. I know you have. And if you haven't, then you're too perfect for me. Because I've been there a lot of times. And I'm like, God, just get me out of this one. Please, God. And I promise, I promise I'll never look at her again. I promise I'll never... Drink that again. I'll never go there again. You know what's so awesome about our God is he should have left us there. But instead, he still reached down into that riptide and dragged us out of the water. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who does that? Aren't you glad we serve a God who says, man, you know, I can leave you there to die and fend for yourself. But I love you too much to leave you there. And I'm going to dip my hand into this water and I'm going to pull you out. If you're standing here today and you found yourself in a predicament like that before, here's one thing I want you to realize right now. You are blessed. You have been given another chance. You have been given another day. You have been given another opportunity to live life to the fullest. If there was a time where you know you could have, should have, would have been dead, but God brought you out of it. You've been given a chance to live life to the fullest, to live life with abundant joy, abundant blessing, abundant smiles, abundant prayer, abundant praises to God, abundance, abundance, abundance. In fact, Jesus says in John 10, 10, B, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody say that abundantly. How many of you guys want life abundantly? If you don't, then you're in the wrong place. Because we serve a God who wants to give you life abundantly. I'm not talking about an abundant wallet or an abundant checkbook. If you've got that, that's cool. I'm talking about abundant joy in your heart. About abundant security in Him. And about abundant destination in heaven with Him one day. But to bring this to my last point which is point number three, my final point, and, and, and this I really do want you to write down. Lifeguard to the rescue. Lifeguard to the rescue. James 1.15 says this, it says, Then after sin has conceived, it gives birth, I'm sorry, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to death, And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I read that wrong. Let me me start over. Everybody pretend that didn't happen. Rewind. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You got to remember, church, that um, that's what the enemy wants to do. he, He really wants to drag you away. He wants to take you from the shoreline. 
get you caught in a rip current, drag you out to sea, and leave you there to die. So what happens when you do find yourself in that mess? I alluded to it earlier, is you cry out to God. You cry out to Jesus. Let me level with you for a second here. 1 John 1 says that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, as David said, from all unrighteousness. When you find yourself in that spiritual riptide in your life, the reality of it is, is it doesn't have to be over. There is a lifeguard that comes to the rescue. And he's not like any lifeguard we've ever seen before. He's a lifeguard that has no comparison. He is a lifeguard that is unlike any Savior the world has ever seen before. What's the difference? Because, see, here's the difference, is if you really get caught in a riptide at the beach, the lifeguard that goes in after you is making the same sacrifice that you are in a sense. Here's what he's doing. He's also putting his life in danger to save yours. There is a really shocking reality for that lifeguard when they sign the paper to take on that job. Here's the reality, is I could die. I could die, exactly, saving somebody else. I could die. I go and throw myself in the current. But here's the cool thing about Jesus. He already defeated death. He already died. And guess what? When people thought he was done for the count, he came back to life and said, yeah, what now? You thought you had me out. I told you I'd be back in three days. And guess what? It's the third day, son. Now what? Now Jesus, because he's defeated death, can jump into that current with you and drag you out of it. Why? Because he ain't worried about dying anymore. He already died and came back to life. I love that, man, because, you know, it's the truth. It's the truth. Don't look for a Savior who could die with you. Look to the Savior who can really save you. The lifeguard who can truly drag you out of the water. The lifeguard who could really take you from the grips of hell and bring you back. That's what he did for us. And that's what he does today. If you're in that spiritual riptide, listen, you're at the right place today. I don't care who's here and who's not. Because God's here. His spirit is here. He can literally, literally save your life. Now that, that's the kind of savior I want. 